it's time for another Marketing Agility Podcast. It's not Friday, Roland. It's not. It's a Monday. But it's possible for us to do a podcast today. First snow here in Boston. And no snow in Mill Valley, I imagine. No snow in Mill Valley, but I'm going to be getting on a plane this afternoon and heading to lovely Jackson, Wyoming, where I'm hoping there's going to be a lot of snow. Oh, I'm jealous. Well, today we have a sort of return return visitors. We have Steve Demchuk, who is with Agile Central at CA Technologies. If you remember, uh, about two months ago, we had guests from CA, from Rally, and uh, we talked a little bit about Agile. Particularly, they were very knowledgeable at marketing. Today, we're going to talk a little bit more about Agile in the Enterprise and the transformation and the evolution of Agile in the Enterprise. With that, Roland, let's ring up Steve. So, Steve, thanks again for joining us today. So, you're coming, you're a vice president at Agile Central, which is formerly Rally, which right. is a solution to help not just marketers, actually, it's broader than that, implement Agile. So, we're looking forward to talking with you a little bit about how you came into Rally, what the transition has been like into CA, and then if we could talk a little bit about how your solution is being used by marketers and the difference between how marketers are using it and product managers are using it and other um, users in your clients that we'd love to hear that. So let's start with, tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to uh, Agile Central. Thank you and thank you for hosting me. So I joined Rally about four and a half years ago and I was really excited to join Rally because I had been at other global companies. So I was at IBM and Ricoh and had a really fun experience seeing the benefit of Agile, not only in small scale. So I used to be a dev and a dev manager and definitely saw the benefits there, but I also got to see it at a large scale when we were rolling out full ERP systems and massive system implementations and seeing a very big difference in the projects that we actually ran in an Agile fashion versus the ones that we we stuck to long requirement cycles and all those fun things that come with waterfall. And in that experience, I ran into Rally and really wanted to work at Rally. So I joined Rally working with our largest customers. So they basically hired me to come in on the pre-sales or the technical sales side to work with large global companies, both from a process. So learning what are the enterprise processes that work really well at scale with Agile and then also with the product and then how does our product support that. So did that about four and a half years ago, worked with large clients for about two years and then transitioned into product. One thing that's really interesting is as we went public, so Rally went public a few years ago, um, I had the opportunity to, to represent our business proposition and our solution to the market. So any investor that would come in I got to talk to them with our CFO and CEO. And through that, I got pretty opinionated about the direction that I, that I was hoping that the product would go in. And that led to me being the a chief product owner. And then recently in the last year, the vice president of product. So very passionate about Agile, very passionate about our customers and passionate about the market. And product is a great place to be when, when you have those three passions. You're in product management. Let's talk about it at the high level where Agile, what's the state of Agile today? Just not necessarily marketing, but just, just in general. It's interesting how many conversations I start with with our customers where people are going away from projects and they're going towards products. And I don't care if you're in marketing, if you're um, talking to IT, or if you're talking about a pure product play like I'm doing where you know you can actually go and buy my product. Everyone's trying to think way more as a value generator and way less of how do I 
how do I hit uh, a certain date? How do I stay within budget? We're talking a lot more about we want to create value for our customers and we want to do it in a way where we get fast feedback, we can fail fast, and that our investments are are easily to see the value that comes from them. So I think that where where the industry is today is scale matters right now. And you know, even for small organizations, that might sound weird at first, but having alignment across why you're working and what you're working on and what are the true results from the investments you're made. And then how do you pivot based off of the information you get back? Small companies, medium-sized companies, large companies all want to be able to do that. So that is a fun conversation to have with the customers that I'm working with. We've talked with many marketers on the show about the challenges actually that they're facing with scaling Agile. Right. Uh, You know, a lot of it comes down to keeping many implementation teams in alignment. And we've talked about the Spotify model at different times, but then there's also a scale issue associated with keeping all those teams in alignment with strategic direction coming from executive management. And we've talked about things like Google's OKR framework in that context. I'm curious, um, from a tooling perspective, from a solution perspective, what are you doing with your solution to try and help address those scale issues? Yeah, when we look at the landscape, so many people have different tools that they're trying to fit in to support Agile. So, And I think that's really hard to do when Agile scale, really all it's all about is alignment. You want to have visibility to this is where the business wants to go. Here's where the customer feedback's coming from. Here's what our team's feedback is. There's so many channels of feedback coming into a great marketing organization and a great product organization. So the companies that get it are able to get alignment and then make great decisions about that alignment. So if each team has a different tool, a different process, because they're trying to just locally optimize, you're actually doing that at the expense of the whole. So if you think about the product that we've created, so when Rally was built 15 years ago and what we're doing today now that it's turned into Agile Central is we want to help people have visibility across the whole organization and manage how you work, even if it's different team to team, but still be able to roll that up in a way where you can see those key investments and make great decisions. So for us, it's just really important that we support Agile at scale and make it possible for you to have an easy to use fast team tool that works the way that you want to work, but it's able to scale so that the whole organization can actually use that data, have great conversations and make great, uh, great decisions. So there's the tool. And obviously the nice thing about having a tool is that given broad uh, accessibility to the organization, people can spend some time poking through it and looking through things. And you get that certainly that transparency, which is a big, one of the key pillars of, of agile, but there's a point at which your tool is not the tool that your CFO and your CEO <laughs> are running the business on, right? They have a board of directors since you're a public company and you roll up. Yep. I don't know how you roll up through the organization. What's the intersection? What's the point of overlap or point of integration look like for for your first, I mean, maybe you can just give us an anecdote oh, yeah. of someone where, you know, I guess that's the point that Roland was talking about with these different frameworks is that there's always a point at which agile is not the operating system for the business. It's the operating system for certain teams. What is the intersection between at your product slash agile in these organizations versus the way they do business ERP or uh, financial systems, things like that. Yeah. I love that because really at the end of the day, it's going to always come down to investments and outcomes. 
So, so many of the time that I'm talking to a board of directors or, or even talking to the finance team comes down to where are we looking to invest as a, as a company or as a product line? And then what are our expected outcomes? What are our theories? What are our expectations and what data are we going to use to actually check that? So, uh, you're right. When I, when I'm going into our boardroom, typically I'm using our product to show what investments that they we've made at a, as a business. So these are the product lines that we have in our business unit. So my business unit, I'm one of four products. And so I'm showing here's, here's how much we're spending in the business unit. Here's how much we're spending on each product line. Here's my market share. Here's the big things happening in my industry. And that that's a big part of marketing and product together, making sure that we understand the competitive landscape. We understand where we want to move and why. And then what I basically do is I break those down into saying, here are the, the four to five key initiatives that we're working on in the next six to nine months. And then here are the marketable features that you're going to get from that. And that is where all of our work flows from. So being able to see how a task relates to a story, a story relates to a feature, a feature relates to that high-level initiative is critical for me because I, I can get that data without going anywhere else. We can just see that within our product, but then I can have that meaningful conversation with the board of directors to say, here's how much you're spending on my whole product line. Here's how I'm spending that money. Here's our expected outcomes. Let's review that. So does that mean that all the different product lines are leveraging the solution in a consistent fashion? So they, they are all using, yeah, the same nomenclature. So one key thing is getting down to that nomenclature of what an initiative means to you, what a feature means to you. We are doing that. We actually rolled out a product management playbook across our entire business unit. So we have the same cadences for planning and we have the same methods for planning, but each product is a very different in how it goes to market. So you, you can't, you know, my product, Agile Central, we actually deploy every single day to production. So for us, it's a business decision of what features we're releasing to market. We have those behind feature toggles, but we we actually release on a cadence. We make sure that we release every single day. We have other products in our business unit that might release once every six months, and that's what makes way, yeah. way more sense for them. So as you can imagine, what I care about is having the same nomenclature to keep people together and how investments work across each one of those business lines. But I want to make sure that then we respect how each different product line needs to go to market so that then they can have local processes really at that team level. So can you give us just a, a snapshot of what this nomenclature looks like? This is hard without a visual. So I'm going to try to paint you a visual with words, but we actually show at every single one. So I do quarterly planning. So every, every quarter, imagine every single person who works on our product line. So engineers, product, support operations all gets together one big room we call it big room planning and we talk about here's the vision for the product here's the strategy for the product here's the truth here's where we are right now and every time that we do that what i'm showing is a diagram saying here's our true north for the year so this is what we as a business are trying to achieve for the year here's how they break down into business mother strategies so we use mother strategies to basically say the whole business can align around these three or four things that we believe if we invest in these well, that will will move the needle towards that true north. And then I show, and these are the product investments that we're making. So that nomenclature really goes true north, mother strategy, and then product initiative. And then those product initiatives get broken down into features. And then features get broken down into stories and stories in the task. How does the marketing organization integrate into 
the work that you just described? Because presumably yeah. they've got to be in lockstep with you, if particularly if you're doing something like releasing every day. I love that. And we always, we coined a phrase, I'm not sure where this came from. So whoever I stole this from, I'm sorry and thank you. But uh, if it's hard, do it more. And so for us, releasing 10 years ago, it was every eight weeks and every eight weeks it took maybe a weekend and it was on a lot of pain for a lot of people. And so, you know, getting from going, releasing every eight weeks to being able to release every single day takes a lot of discipline. It actually takes a lot more automated testing and all those good things that you want to do in the development world. Well, same thing on the business side. The fact that we can release every day means our relationship with marketing, our relationship with user learning, our relationship with support has to be totally transformed. It cannot be a long project window. We have to treat the teams in the same way. So cadence, we, we are on the same cadence that we are with the development teams with our marketing and user learning and support teams. So we actually have members of the marketing team that are a part of the key initiative teams. So they come to the initiative team meetings. So they hear, here are the investments we want to make, here are the marketable features. And then just like, imagine if you're in the development world, something that people understand is if you're going to do automated tests, you actually write those tests up front with the developer. Well, it's the same thing when I'm working with a marketing person and I'm talking about an initiative. So something that I'm working on for maybe six months, rewrite the press release together. Say, hey, when we, when we work on this initiative, we're gonna get this business outcome. We're gonna have this return on investment. And this is the press release that we wanna unveil to the world. And that actually helps us then make great decisions and keep an alignment when we have all those those decisions that we have to make along the way. So one of the challenges I always think when I look at CA, because I've, I've had some colleagues in the past who have worked in CA, and you're a, a traditional public company. I, that's, maybe that's the wrong word, not traditional. You're a public company. You are a global organization, so you've got and you've got some scale. And one of the challenges that people face in the marketing department of a bigger company is that you've got a global product. Mm-hmm. It's one thing in a, from a product standpoint, if you're doing continuous integration and you're launching a new feature, you know, you're changing a button, moving a button, adding a button, and you can do that nightly. That's not a problem. But for marketers, oftentimes it's the, the challenge of trying to actually do something that can be used around the world. That was always the right. challenge. I spent some time at Novell, and I used to always marvel at how, on the one hand, we could do things quickly here in the States, but then you run into the problem of, boy, it's got to be localized into six or eight different languages and the folks in all these different countries have those local markets the local markets have different needs and have different approaches to the market it's just the fact of the matter is that just because it works in the u.s doesn't mean it's going to work in france or it's going to work in germany so how do you it from a marketing standpoint reconcile the fact that yeah we can get new features and new functionality we can roll things out quite quickly with the need for size and scale, you know, if you have an annual user conference or you have a data sheet that needs to go to six languages, I mean, those things are just longer lead times, longer cycle times. How do you reconcile all those things? Yeah. And I, I love how you said that because just because you can putting it, put it out every day doesn't mean you should. So the good part about that for us is we use milestones. So we really use business events to align ourselves to say, for example, we just released personal navigation and quick detail pages for CA world. So that was something that we set six months ago to say, we really, this is the direction of the product. This is where we want to go. And we would want, we'd like to unveil that at CA world and have user learning, have 
the getting started experience within the, the product and make sure that we have press releases and all the great marketing material around the world ready for that. So the key was actually having marketing there at the beginning. And what, when we all set that milestone for, for CA World, that's great. And I think a lot of times Agile has, gets a bad misinterpretation that we don't have dates, we don't have commitments. Well, that's not realistic. The, the business world is always going to have dates and events and commitments. The key about Agile is respecting the, our ability to actually, instead of changing the amount of people and changing the amount of time, let's make sure we change the amount of scope. So if I'm predictable in the amount of work I can get done, both from marketing and from engineering, then we can start making really good decisions throughout that process to say, this is the most important work to get done. Let's align around that. So I think getting marketing involved from the inception and then having them involved in that, we get keep them involved in that every two-week cadence to say, this is what we've achieved. This is what's next. How we prioritize the right work is the key piece. So cadence and communication keeps coming down to that. You're touching on a theme that has come up certainly a bunch in our, in our conversations as well, where in some cases, there's also, it's fair to just acknowledge that there is a waterfall backbone where you know about things that are happening six months out and you know, you are going to be sort of doing iterations or using whatever agile method you, you have to you know, move towards that deadline and monitor scope. But at the end of the day, like you, you do have this backbone vision that like, well, by about this time, we need to have these things locked for us to, to, make, to make it to, you know, CA world or whatever the event is. I'm interested in digging a little more deeply into the actual integration between the product management organization and the marketing organization. You talked about the fact that marketers would sit with the product management organization for the big room planning, I, presumably that also means if I, are you running Scrum or are you running Kanban? Both, both. You're so running, we running both. We're, okay. we're yeah we're mixed methodology at the team level, but we we come together around that quarter, quarterly cadence and basically we have a a weekly steering meeting where we still bring in all the visibility to talk about what's going well, what's not going well, how can we help people. Okay, so for the marketers who presumably they've got their own projects, maybe they're sitting in on a product management scrum and vice versa. And obviously they've got their backlog, which is transparently exposed. Is what I just mentioned the primary mechanisms of keeping them, keeping those two different groups locked? Or is there something in addition to that? They come to our big room planning and we come to their big room planning. So what's critical to me is not to undervalue that marketing has a lot of other streams of work coming in than just the product. <laughs> it's not just me who's who's messing with their backlog. So for them just to show up to to our event and think that that's it, that marketing is just going to do everything that we that we just dreamt of isn't true. So what typically actually happens is our marketing organization does their big room planning the week before ours. And, you know, I usually have a pretty good grasp of what initiatives, which features are most likely coming into our group planning. Some things will come in, some things will fall out. But what's great is the week before, I actually sit in and key members of my team come with me to, the, to marketing's big room planning. And, and we look at all the investments that they could possibly make. And we have just as much of a say as they have in, in, in our planning event. So the key thing is we are talking the same language. We're planning in the same way, but we're respecting 
that marketing has the same capacity challenge that that development does, where I think people plan two to three times the amount of work that you can actually do. So how do we actually talk about how much can marketing actually get done and how can we make really good business decisions to flow the right work through those teams? Great. That gives us a sense. You know, in some organizations, you might say, gee, you know, marketing's not going to know what they do until product tells them what's coming. Whereas in a maybe a forward-looking market-driven mm-hmm. response to the customer world, marketing should go first and provide some guidance to product yes. in terms of at least their, in theory, their view of the world. I need, so, and I, I rely and need that. If, it, if it's opposite, we're doing the wrong thing. If, it, it's, <laughs> if it's just about announcements and um, well, here's what we're doing, we're not doing it right. If we're doing it right, I need really good crisp data for marketing. I need that competitive analysis and and on, uh, that sense of the market that it's different from the sense of the market that I have. So uh, I really prefer the model where they lead and we learn together and then we adjust our plans. Well, it's no secret that there are some technology companies who marketing is, you know, it's product management really kind of drives the bus and, and marketing kind of is dragged along and that's just the nature of the beast. But sure. Anyways, last question for you, and unfortunately, we're kind of up against it for time. We try to keep it roughly 20 to 25 minutes so people can listen. You know, it's that sitcom <laughs> attention span of you know, 21 minutes and 40 seconds of uh, program and eight minutes and whatever it is in uh, commercials. We don't have any commercials, but so we can sit and have a little longer conversation. But <laughs> the last question is, can you talk a little bit about your perceptions of, of the differences between uh, developers using agile, which is a really mature thing. I mean, it has a, a much longer history than versus marketers using agile and what you've seen as observations between how the two uh, are using it. I think the sense of team is much easier in the engineering and product world. So being able to create a team of developers and testers, product owner, scrum master around development work is pretty natural fit and there's not a lot of friction to do that when you look at a marketing team i think the first time that i i remember training marketing teams in agile probably about four years ago and that first time i'm saying okay what is everybody working on and having everyone put that up and then say great now out of all these things that you're working on who are you pairing with who are you working on from this team and seeing that, yeah, there's there's a lot of matrixed conversations happening that they're talking to each other a lot, but it, it's a lot more individual than I was expecting, meaning a lot of work comes into a marketing team and people grab it, and the teamwork part of it is something that you have to mature into. So I think what, what I noticed really early on was that you have to work in a way where you have a lot of individual work in a team environment where not necessarily you could have the whole team work on that work where you can on an engineering team. So I think that creates a lot greater challenge because it's much harder to keep the attention, to keep the prioritization when when you're not really being able to swarm it as a team. And I think what that causes from my perspective is people take on way too much work than they can ever get done. And then we have a, a lot of that last minute scrambling. So. Where, where I see marketing teams really maturing and getting better at, so the ones that are using Agile in a good way, is starting to have a really good conversation of who can work together and team up, and how do we flow work through pairs, two people, three people, four people. And I think that really drives better prioritization and better value. Well, and it's just marketing. How hard can it be, right? 
<laughs> everyone is every, everyone is an expert in marketing. We do know that. Well, <laughs> true. Steve, I appreciate you, we appreciate you coming on the podcast today. I mean, it was really a great conversation. That's two very different points of views. Although the big room planning um, was a conversation that came up last time and a very similar story. But anyways, just to, to for our listeners out there, just as a reminder, you can find the Marketing Agility Podcast on iTunes as well as SoundCloud. If you have a story to tell, you can reach out to Roland at rsmartly on Twitter or myself at Tangy Slice on Twitter. Thank you again to everyone for joining us today and please stay agile.